0: Thanks again to Carbon Health for being our presenting sponsor. If you're a regular here, you guys know about Carbon Health. I talk about Carbon Health all of the time. And they help with things like COVID, cold and flu testing, antibiotic prescriptions for things like infections, UTIs, STDs. They have primary care services in California and Massachusetts. But if you are new here, and thank you for stopping by, by the way, and you should also know that they can help with injuries also. Most of their locations have imaging or x-ray machines so they can diagnose strains, sprains, and fractures if you unfortunately become injured. And I know, unfortunately, not everybody will be near one of their 120 locations, I get it, but they do have virtual urgent care services for states like California, New York, Florida, and several others. So thanks once again to Carbon Health. There is a link in the description Forum, they're the best. They've been with us for a bit. You should be, too. All right, let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Sorry for the, I guess, late show and missing show yesterday, by the way. Working on some cool stuff. I can say that. I can't tell you exactly what it is just yet, but I'll probably be able to tell you within the next couple of days. At least that's what I'm hoping. But thanks for joining me here today on the show. We have some um, some good news that are that's coming out. Apparently, the Superman cast... It's, it's narrowing down, and it was some of the people that were rumored. There's a new report of Warner Brothers actually coming down to their finalists. And we'll talk about the finalists. Speaking of Warner Brothers in D.C., looks like Swamp Thing might already have a contender who they want to play the Swamp Thing. That's right. There's some tracking news as far as box office goes, and the Transformers movie is aiming at close to, I think, $60 million. But It looks like the new Indiana Jones is doing the same. Is that a problem for both of them? with budgets as big as they are, could be. A couple more stories here and there, but that's that's the gist. Those are the things we're going to talk about for sure. But I wanted to say hello, get into it. Let's talk about it. Let's get to the big thing. It's me. It's you. I'm ready. You're ready. Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody. Big thing. Thanks for joining us. And like I said, yeah, yesterday I was trying to get a episode up. Couldn't get to it. And today, it took a little later than I wanted to. But once I tell you why, I think you're going to be pretty excited. Tease is worth it, I promise. I just can't say it yet. But it's pretty cool. I'm pretty pumped to talk about it. And once we do... I'm able to talk about it on tomorrow's show. It's another reason why Roxy and Brett aren't on today. Um, It's another reason why Winston and Coy won't be on tomorrow. I promise you, it's very cryptic right now. But once I tell you kind of why everybody's not here and why we had to do what we were doing, you're going to go, oh, okay, I get it. So we are going to be in New York, though, June 23rd. I hope you can join us. um, We've got like 70 tickets sold. Out of a hundred and ten or something, so come on, man, come on, New York, where you at? Get your tickets. the dot You can get your tickets now. It's me, Mark, Double Toasted, Brett, Jen, and Kate. What a crew! Might might have Roxy there. We're not sure. Looks like maybe we weren't. Now looks maybe we were. Are whatever. Um. So yeah, man. I'm excited for all that and more, and I'm I'm excited for you guys to be on the journey. And we just hit 80,000 subscribers, so thank you very much for everybody who joined us. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you for joining us there. Always click that like button, hit the comments, you know, or reverse, however you want to do it. Um, Okay, so let's let's talk. Let's talk, let's talk, let's talk. Let's talk about the first thing, and that's this, uh, this Superman story. It's a big one. Superman Legacy, it looks like the finalists have been revealed. And this is from Dark Horizons, who says after months of auditions, it appears that Warner Brothers and DC Films have settled on the finalists for Superman Legacy with a second round of testing to be imminent. According to sources for Deadline, the first in-person tests with DC Chiefs Peter Saffron and James Gunn are going to take place around Father's Day weekend or Monday or Tuesday. Three are up for Clark Kent slash Superman. The three are Nicholas Holt. David Cornswit, and Tom Brittany. There are also three for Lois Lane. Emma Mackey, Rachel Brosnahan, and Phoebe De- uh, Deniver. Definitely pronounced that wrong. All these actors have been rumored. Some of the the test deals are being negotiated and haven't all closed, but these are the names expected to participate in the roles. The roles of Lex Luthor and Jimmy Olsen won't be cast until the decisions are made on Superman and Lois. All right, apparently Gunn was... Very thorough and watched each audition tape with the names rising to the top as the short list was created. This is, again, coming from Deadline as reported by Dark Horizons. Um, Okay, so the three names that are out there, they're they're all three names that we talked about extensively, I think, on Capes and Cows and in general, right? So it's Nicholas Holt, David Cornswett, Tom Brittany. Now, the only person out of the three of them that I have seen as far as that I know... Acting wise, that I uh, familiar with their body of work is, of course, Nicholas Holt. Um, that being said, I still think that this David Corin Sweat guy has the best look for Superman out of the three of them. Looks like Corin Sweat has the best look. Now I don't know if that means he's the best actor. Nicholas Holt's a pretty damn good actor. I don't know this other cat, so I'm not sure. I don't know if uh, I don't know if he can if he can act or not. I'm not sure. I don't even know if David Corin Sweat can. But as far as the look goes. That's my pick as far as the look. Nicholas Holtz, I really to me, when I heard that he was potentially Lex Luthor, that's more intriguing. I like seeing him get a little crazy. If we've seen him play uh evil before, we've seen him play bad guy before, but I I think he'd bring a lot to the role of Lex Luthor. I'd prefer to see him as Lex Luthor than I would Superman. Um, and I like the idea of Superman being a virtual kind of unknown the way that Superman is Clark Kent is kind of an unknown to this world in general. And every Superman that we've had has been an unknown. Christopher Reeve, Brandon Routh, uh, Henry Cavill, all of them. They've all been kind of, who is that? And then they make the name as, as Superman. I don't know. Nicholas just, said, you know, it, if you get him as, as Superman, he's he, the guy's a fantastic actor. I'd like to see him in the movie. I just like to see him in, as Lex Luthor. I think he just plays better. And you just put the two of them together. You take a, look at this picture again. You put Nicholas Holt, you give him a, a bald cap, shave his head or whatever. And then this guy right next to him, that to me, that looks like Lex Luthor and Superman. Doesn't look like Superman on the left. Looks like Superman on the right. That's just me. Very curious what you guys think out of all these. I know some people wanted that, that Wolfgang kid and some of the, somebody else wanted the, uh, the that there was a the latest, the brave and the bold guy that was rumored that apparently the, He's, I don't know. Was that him? I don't even know. The third guy? Not sure. Doesn't seem like it. But either way, we're getting close. We're going to get a Superman very soon. But the question is also... I guess there's two things. Like they, We were always kind of guessing that Superman would be announced... The actor would be announced at San Diego Comic-Con, right? Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't announce it first. And then that just, they're like, okay, well... They announced that it's going to be let David Corn sweat, and he's going to be there with them, ladies and gentlemen. Bring out your new Superman. You get to learn a little bit about. You heard recently in the trades this guy was cast. Well, now here he is. That's possible too. Um, I do think there's something kind of fun about announcing it in on you know in Hall H at Comic Con. However, with the way that trades are, I mean, look at this. The you know deadline gets a hold of this thing. It's out there. So, maybe they have both plans potentially um ready to execute if it's like okay, look we we're gonna try to hold this under under, but if if it leaks, then we'll just bring the guy out and we'll we'll show some images or maybe have him come in, put him in the suit, show some images of him as Superman, whatever um so yeah it's, it's uh it's i I feel like it's gonna be this david Korn sweat guy I really do I really do and I think they're gonna announce they're going to have Nicholas Holt as, as um, Lex Luthor. And I, and I still say my, my pick for Lois for either one of these actors, if it's the first two is uh, Rachel Brosnahan, for sure. I think she would play a great Lois. And I think now that Maisel has ended, it's opening. I wonder, I wonder uh, who, I'd love to see these audition tapes. Wouldn't you love to see them? Um, All right, let's move on to some other news here. All right. Ahsoka is right around the corner. That's right. Everybody's really, really looking forward to this Ahsoka series, including myself. And Lucasfilm has announced August twenty third is when this show is going to debut. We knew it was coming in August. We knew it was like kind of the end. We just didn't know the exact day, but now we know it's August twenty third, which I assume is a Wednesday. It was launched on Wednesdays at like midnight for some stupid reason, but that's uh yeah, it's a Wednesday, right? Yep, it's a Wednesday. Twenty third. So at midnight. It'll drop and everybody will be exhausted watching it. But either way, it's coming out and it is the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, same time period, around the same area, f- falling into the filoni Favreau universe. And the series also serves as a follow up to the animated, as a follow up to the animated Star Wars Rebels series. Uh, J- Ahsoka Tano investigates an emerging threat to the vulnerable galaxy, going on a hunt for the disappeared Admiral Thrawn and Ezra Bridger. Dave Filoni is executive producer by himself and Favreau. Filoni reportedly wrote every episode himself. It is going to be exclusively on Disney Plus. And they today also put out a new TV spot, including a brief look at some scenes, including one hearkening back to the Rebels epilogue. That's interesting. I haven't, um, I haven't watched it. I don't think I'm going to. There's another trailer that pops. I'll probably do a reaction to it. But I'm excited for this series. I'm really excited for this series. think it's going to be i I mean i think with with everything that dave Filoni is going to put into this thing i feel we need a little bit of longer episodes and they have the, the the cast and it's got to be a good lead up they got to set up skeleton crew a little bit right they have to i think that they have to hope that ahsoka is going to be so good and so watched that they got to set up skeleton crew somehow because if they don't it's like just calling it skeleton crew i don't know how that show makes it without some really heavy heavy marketing besides just having jude law who's amazing but um but yeah i think Ah -Ah 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 ahsoka is gonna be the ones that i'm i'm really looking forward to we've got the first star wars series that came out this year was mandalorian obviously and then we're going to follow that up with Ah -Ah 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 ahsoka and then that'll end the i still think because they're going to push you back i think skeleton crew is going to wind up coming out like late december pushing into like january february into uh next year depending on how many episodes there are which will give them time with Acolyte and Andor season 2 so they've they've they got enough in the canon, enough in the works cuz Andor season 2 you probably I mean I would assume I I think I think that Acolyte wrapped first and I think that they were kind of halfway or 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 they're pushing through it so they might if that's the case more so than than Andor if that's the case then you're probably going to get Acolyte come out before Andor, which doesn't really matter anyway as far as continuity and all that because both those series hit at a different time i mean the only thing that andor is really going to tie into now is rogue one the the other pressing series are mandalorian and ahsoka they also said that that rosario dawson was talking about ahsoka and talking about how she's already pushing for a season two if if she's already out there asking season two and this show does as well as i think it is i think it's inevitable this this series will be a, a season two leading into mandalorian season four or five and and then playing into the movie whenever the hell the movie comes out, it's so bizarre though because you don't if you think about it. Where the announcements came at Celebration, it was like, yeah, the first movie coming out is going to be this this movie about Ray, and that's twenty twenty five, right? And then you're like, oh, okay, so I guess twenty twenty six is this Felony movie. But if you listen to what Kathleen Kennedy said, they wanted to make it these events and put them out every three years. So the Felony movie is not for another five years. That's nuts. Why do you? Why do you even announce that? And then that means that the mangled movies not until like two thousand thirty-one. Uh, weird that they would announce it that way. I don't, I don't think they're going to stick to that. I think that they're probably going to put it out when they're ready. That's that would make more sense. Put the movies out when they're ready. And if it's every three years, then why? Why do you announce it? Because anything can happen. You've been you've you've seen it so many different times that it could fall apart like that. But nonetheless, Ahsoka didn't fall apart series is coming out August that's the date that's it what do you guys think about that are you excited about it do you want to see it is that one of the series that you're really looking forward to I'm very curious to hear um what everybody thinks man could be exhausting could be tiring running all these shows running doing all the stuff Feloni and Favreau are doing but Feloni seems to have a lot of energy and I bet she drinks athletic greens that's what I would guess And everybody on that set is safe. Why? Because they're using ExpressVPN. At least I think they are. Maybe they're not. They should be. So I'm going to tell you about both Athletic Greens and ExpressVPN right now. Here you go. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it every day. I love it. And I gave it a try, honestly, because Brett Sheridan told me to. And I'm glad that he did because it's so good. I love it. It tastes good, too. And it's not. I'm not a big vitamin person. I know that. You know that at this point, but to take them all in one shot, put it in a water bottle, shake it up. That's it. I drink AG1 before my coffee. And I take I take it. It gives me a little boost of energy, and then I'm ready to go. And It makes me feel unstoppable. I am ready for the day. I love it. It's really great because I'm not. I'm I'm telling you, it was very hard for me. Everyone's like, you got to take this vitamin, you got to take that, you got to do supplements. You gotta do it. No, thank you. Give me one. Everything, one shot, done, and it tastes good. Might look green, hence AG1. Tastes yummy. I'm always looking for life upgrades, which is why I've come to love and trust AG1. It's why so many of you trust AG1. That's why I get notes all the time. You guys are trying it. Just just did it. Love it. Re-upped. Doing it again. I keep getting it over and over and over, and that's why they've been so associated with this show. It's delivered to you every month. It's been very easy, super easy to make it a daily habit for me. And get those travel packs. I'm be going on the road soon, and I'll be taking that with me. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. You have to go to drinkag1.com slash big thing. That's drinkag1.com slash big thing. Check it out, baby. Economy stinks right now, guys. It stinks. You got to save money. Let's save money together. Let's spend it over $100 easy on the streaming services, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Prime, whatever it is. But since I started using ExpressVPN, I've saved money every month. How'd you do that? Well, that's what I'm telling you right now. you got to listen. All streaming services, whether they're Netflix, whoever, they actually have thousands of more shows than you think. You don't see them all because they give you different shows depending on your country. So what you see on Netflix here, completely different to what someone sees in Italy, South Korea, whatever. But using that ExpressVPN app, you can change your online location. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from. So every time that you run out of stuff to watch, you just switch to another country and you unlock a new show. So there's a lot of different things you can check out that's like, oh, I didn't even know that this show existed. Well, now you do. And on top of that, you can even use ExpressVPN to get discounts. Some services cost less in other countries. For example, if you buy Netflix from Argentina, it costs a fraction of the price. At less than $7 a month, ExpressVPN pays for itself and so much more. It's a no-brainer. If you want to get way more shows and save money while you're doing it, go to expressvpn.com slash thing. Don't forget to use that link so you can get three extra months for free. EXPRE S slash thing. ExpressVPN.com slash thing to learn more. All right. Thank you to both ExpressVPN. And AG1 Athletic Greens. Um, So I also like to always be up front with the audience and let them know kind of how it works. People are always wondering. and I've said this to you guys many times over. Like, I got something the other day. I was like, hey, I really appreciate the show. I'm brand new. I'm a a newer subscriber. I'd love to help support the channel. I notice you don't do super chats that much, and you don't do those things. Like, how do I support the channel? How can I do it? And I said, well, you could always, if you wanted to join the website, you can join the website at any tier. But I really suggest go on to one of these um, sponsors that we have, whether it's athletic greens or express VPN and finding one of these sponsors that is right for you and trying them. Now that helps us out tremendously. Why does it help out? Because we only really get involved with sponsors that we feel that you guys will like and that you, that we think that you guys will enjoy. So that's part one. Part two is how it works in the podcast game and in anything too, is that, yeah, if you guys are watching, seeing, seeing the, you know, us talking about it and talking about our, our advertisers, that's great, right? You're aware of them, that's that's amazing. But when you click on it and you get it, and you, something that you want, it allows, it tells the, it tells the, um, it tells the, the 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 company, it says like, okay, Athletic Greens is looking, it's like, people are are, are A, they wanna help this channel out, they wanna, tr- they like what we're talking about, they wanna give us a shot, and they're listening, and they're, and they're giving it a shot. So please, if you can, try either one of these and use my code Helps a lot. All right. Let's talk some box office. The new Transformers movie. It's coming out. It's targeting $60 million for its debut. Now, Paramount Pictures Transformers Rise of the Beasts again it's dark horizons. The 1990s set seventh entry into the franchise about robots in disguise. It's on track for 50 to 60 million opening weekend. The film is set to open in 3700 North American theaters. But it faces a real challenger in the form of Sony's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which launched to 120 million and looks to add at least a further 45 to 55 million in its second weekend. It's a step up from the last two installments, with Bumblebee taking 21.6, with Transformers The Last night debuting to 44. It has also been hit by mixed reviews at 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, though that still puts it way ahead of the Michael Bay-directed sequels at not far off the 57% of the first film. It's certainly no Bumblebee, though, which was at 91%. I think it, it again, I, I ranked it like a 3.4 for me. I I, I really enjoyed the movie. though it was a lot of fun. Do I think it's a great movie? No, that's why I gave it a 3.4, but... I, it's why it's still. I still think that Rotten Tomatoes is a broken system. I really do. When it comes to, when you look at, I I just it's hard for me to, to when you look at a particular movie, and like I said, if, hundred critics look at a movie, and all one hundred of them, think that the movie is just okay, but just over three, so it's a fresh review. It's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So you see it, and you go, oh, people love this movie. This is the greatest movie ever. Everyone loves this movie. And all it's saying is that they, it's over the three. Same flip side of what I have been saying is that those 100 critics think that it's just barely under three, all 100. So there's a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. So you look at it, and you go, that movie stinks. I think this movie is over a three. I think it I, I think it was entertaining. I think it was a little music video here and there. Um, there were some cliche things. But overall, I think it deserves to make a little bit more than $60 million because I think it'll do well overseas. That's the difference, though. I think this movie will do well overseas. I think the Transformers movies traditionally have done well overseas, and I think it'll, it'll wind up doing pretty well overall. Because of that, it just, it's just it got competition, right? It's tracking, I think, a little higher or around the same as uh, – I think The Flash is tracking at, like, 70, which is a whole other scenario. I I, I will say this. I want to say this about The Flash. I saw the flash, and I think, and I talked about it in my review. I think that, as a viewer, or as a critic, or as anybody in general, if you're if you are following the events of what's going on with Ezra Miller, and you decide, I just don't want to support that movie. I've, I've done enough research on it. I've looked at it, and to me, the this whole situation just stinks of. Uh, whether it's Warner Brothers trying to cover stuff up or whether it's the fact that you've read all, all of it. And you just, in your heart of hearts, can't don't, don't feel like you want to support um, a movie with Desirée Miller. That's your prerogative. You're allowed that that you're allowed to do that. Um And, and, and you should, if you, if morally you feel like that's that's the case and you don't want to do it. I don't think that it's really on you or anybody else to say that if somebody else says, well, I want to see it because I like Michael Keaton. I like, you know, Batman, I like the, the other people, Manny Muschietti, the people that worked on this, and at the time that they made this movie, they didn't actively make this movie because they knew that all these scandals were going to break and they just kind of closed their eyes and did it. No, they they, they you're, you're essentially, if, if you're asking other people to go, no, you have to feel like I do, and don't support them. You don't necessarily know that they're supporting Ezra Miller or even in general, plus there's so many other things in the investigation in general, right? But my biggest thing that I saw and I don't know, I'm very curious to hear what you guys think about this. My biggest thing is that I still feel the same way that the critics should adhere to that as well. think that if you're a critic and you are going to see this movie knowing that you do not support Warner Brothers' decision to keep Ezra Miller in the film, you don't want to watch Ezra Miller, you don't like Ezra Miller, and you know it's going to taint your viewing of it while going, you shouldn't review it if you can't review the movie um, objectively. It's just my opinion of it. I saw a lot of people reviewing the movie, but not reviewing the movie talking about how they just Ezra Miller. And it's like, yeah, but what did you think of the movie? You didn't like the movie and you had reasons for but before. I mean, and inside of that, and maybe you didn't like the performance and all that's valid. And that's, that's, I think that's fair. But if you're, if, if you just can't separate it because you have such a disdain, whether it's fair or not, I mean, I, I'm, that's not for me to say. I'm just saying, um, you going to see that movie saying, I don't like that person, so I'm going to talk about that in the review, I don't get that. Um, But I do, I mean, like I said, I don't smirch anybody for saying, I don't like this person. I don't, I think that, I do believe all the accusations. I do believe all these things and I'm not going to put my money down there. That is anybody's right. And absolutely should be. I just think that, yeah, it was weird for me when I saw those reviews, I was like, you know, if you go into the review, if you go into the movie and you say, I didn't like this because I didn't like the directing. I didn't like the writing, I didn't like the performance. Bezra Miller thought that they played Barry in a very obnoxious, strange way. And, and I didn't and the humor didn't land and it seemed generic to me and the ending. Okay. I the fair criticisms. But yeah, it was it was I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Everybody watching or listening. Like I I could you could be like, no, no, no. You absolutely could judge. And I would like to hear it. I mean, obviously wanna hear you guys do it in a in a nice way. We can have a conversation about it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. As you know, I try to answer as many comments as possible. Um, so yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I think that plays into uh, very curious that this is tracking. I do, I do think more so than before, though, that I think that the Ezra Miller situation, the DC plan, the superhero kind of fatigue, um, I think it all is why this thing's tracking at 70 and like 150. But some people can then push and say, well, well there's not a big superhero fatigue because look at Spider Man into the or across the Spider Verse. And I think also think you're coming off a very, an Oscar winning movie in the same way that you're also coming off of a franchise that people were proving that the first one was pretty damn good. Um, same way that guardians didn't really suffer from too much of a Marvel or a superhero fatigue as well. I mean, I do think that a lot of DC movies are taking the brunt of it, whether it's black Adam um, Shazam. Yeah, Shazam wasn't great, but it wasn't horrendous. I mean, in that movie tanked. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, and the the tracking of Transformers that makes me go, just hope that they're spending too much money, though. They're spending too much money on movies, not just Transformers, just in general. They spend way too much. Like what they have to like try to catch up to now. Like, you know, when whether you get this $200 million budget plus the marketing and you're looking, you got to hit 300, 350 just to survive. And it's like, and then Indie, man, let's talk about Indie. Indiana Jones is tracking for a $60 million debut. Again, this is from uh, Dark Horizons. Disney and Lucasfilm's Indiana Jones and the, Des- the Dial of Destiny arrived on early box office tracking with it on course to make $160. That three day haul is considered down from the 100 opening weekend of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That film opened on the Thursday of Memorial Day weekend and earned $159 million over a five day period. Dial of Destiny had a lavish world premiere in Cannes, but. The event resulted in lackluster reviews with the film charting at 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Those reviews have not helped. With Independence Day falling on a Tuesday, the movie's opening on the Friday before June 30th should help it over the five-day. The film is tracking very well with older peeps, but not so well with younger. Drawing comparisons to No Time to Die, 55.2, and Mission Impossible Fallout, 61.2. Disney reportedly needs to get more interest from that younger demographic who are currently distracted by Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and The Flash. James Mangold helms the new film, which is expected to serve as the franchise's swan song. Um, this is more bad news for indie. I'm so bummed. This is my most anticipated movie of the DM year, or, or summer at least. Um, Yeah, year. Well, a year. A little year. I think Dune. And so I had a friend who saw it last night, actually. And he had said it was good. They said they had a, they had a really good time with it. But I want to know. If it's, uh, I said, it's got to be better than Crystal Skull, right? I said, oh, yeah, better than Crystal Skull. Really good time. So it gave me hope. But this news is 60. Maybe, you know, I think that this movie needed really strong reviews. I think it really did. Because, you know, and especially to get that younger audience. I mean, people kept saying that. They're like, I don't know if the younger audience is going to respond to it. Maybe that's true, especially with, and I think that they accurately said it. You got Mission Impossible sneaking around the corner. You're going to have The Flash. You got Spider-Man. You got all these movies, and it ain't cheap to go to the movie theater, man. you go going, you know, you're taking your family, and you're if, even if you're going by yourself, tickets now are expensive, plus you get a, a hot dog, you get a popcorn, a soda, whatever it is. It's a night out. You can do, you know, not, not everybody can do it every week. So... My fingers are crossed, but yeah, sixty million—that's not—that's not the opening I think that they that they're gonna want. Hopefully, it overperforms. And hopefully, it's good enough that it does. I mean, what I have found though, what I will say is this: like especially recently, I'm finding that the uh, I'm so I've been so on the other page with, with a lot of like the majority of, the, of critics lately. I have, I have found that, and, um, and maybe maybe it's the same. Maybe it's the same for me with uh, with this movie. So what about you guys? What do you think? You think this is going to be something that you want to check out? Are you going to see it opening weekend? Do you want to see it? I'm so curious to the people that watch this show. And also, you know, give me, if you don't mind, give me your age breakdown. How old are you? Do you think that you want to see this movie? Is it something that you wanted to see? Did you grow up watching it? Do you not care anymore? Do you think the time has passed? Are you going to go see because of Mangold? Do you love Harrison Ford? All of that. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so put them in the comments. Um, All right, let's move on to another one. All right, this one is at least, there's two stories back-to-back that are going to get my 11-year-old very excited. And the first is that Universal is nearing a deal for a Zelda film. $1.3 billion in box office, Universal Pictures, and Illumination Entertainment the Super Mario's brother has become the highest grossing film of the year to date. Jeff Snyder. We know him. Hot Mike reports that the studios are closing a big deal with Nintendo for a film based on the legend of Zelda franchise in April, Mario and Zelda creator, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto told a Japanese news outlet that there was no doubt. Nintendo would make more films in the wake of success of Mario, which Miyamoto produced. That box office success could help Universal with the studio expected to pay Nintendo quite well for the rights to adapt Zelda. With Mario, it's expected Universal's Illumination will develop the animated Zelda movie as the next big Illumination Nintendo franchise. Miyamoto was quite hands-on with the production of the Mario film and would potentially be so again with a Zelda film. The game series follows Link master sword-wielding hero of the kingdom of Hyrule which also includes the wise princess Zelda on his adventures he Link clashes with the dark lord Ganondorf who also seeks the power of a sacred relic known as the Triforce um in the most recent game in the series The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom it hit stores last me- month and became the fastest selling Nintendo video game of all time selling 10 million copies in just 3 days it's also been the most critically acclaimed game of the year um this isn't this is a no-brainer at this point they've been waiting for to try to get a zelda series, a zelda movie right and then after and remember mario was also not going to happen for a long time i think after the super mario brothers 1993 movie nintendo's like yeah no thanks no more you're not you're not doing it And i think the first time they even popped up at all was it was it in wreck It ralph i think that's when the first time they kind of lent themselves out in in film form i think so they finally do it and then they do and the movie makes a billion dollars so of course they're getting close to making a deal. Why wouldn't they? I said, "All right, well, look. Mario did well. We 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 had our hand in what we wanted our characters to do and I know everybody's kind of clamoring for a Zelda movie. If we can be hands on and we can do some stuff, we make an animated movie, then let's do it. The question is tone-wise, right? I think Mario served itself for being kind of a more sillier kind of goofy kind of kids movie and with the Donkey Kong and the Mushroom Kingdom and all that stuff. It, I think it worked well. I've seen the movie three times now. It's a it's a very kind of cotton candy, popcorn, fun kids movie. I think Zelda needs to have a little bit more depth. I think Zelda needs to have a little bit more, um, I don't know, motion to it, flair to it. And it's got a lot of history behind You can you really make a franchise of animated films out of that too. But I mean, you still, you want to make it, accessible to both you know kids and and adults so i don't know how they're going to handle it but i do think it's a no-brainer absolutely should absolutely should all right as i said this is another one of my 11 year olds going to be very excited about some news on wednesday season two is now ditching love for more of a horror aspect netflix's 22 spin on the adams family with wednesday was By every measure, a major success for the streamer. It was a coming-of-age supernatural comedy horror, and it was a runaway success, inspiring dance memes and Halloween costumes. In four weeks, the series racked up 1.23 billion hours viewed, quickly rising to become Netflix's third most-watched TV series of all time, behind only the first season of Squid Game and the fourth season of Stranger Things. It also fared quite well with critics, with star Jenna Ortega universally praised, However, there was one common criticism of the show. It was, the, it was over the show's coming-of-age aspects as being akin to the seri- series on the CW. Indeed, the first season saw Wednesday involved in a love triangle between Hunter Duen's tyler and Percy Hines-White's Xavier. But Ortega herself has previously expressed how she wasn't a fan of the story arc as it felt too out of character for Wednesday. While appearing on the latest edition of Variety's Actor on Actors, Ortega confirmed she said is a producer on the show's second season and is getting very hands-on in the process. Ortega says, it was naturally already very collaborative, so in preparation for a second season, we wanted to get ahead of the curve and make sure that we could start the conversations earlier, and I'm just so curious, I want to see the outfits, new characters that are coming in, scripts, and they were gracious enough to let me put the producer hat on we've decided we want to lean into the horror aspect of the show a little bit more because it is so lighthearted in a show like this with vampires and werewolves and superpowers. You want, you don't want to take yourself too seriously. We're ditching any romantic love interest for Wednesday though, which is really great. Um, I think it's a risk. I think it's a risk. And I think that look, Jenna Ortega has good instincts as we've seen in, in the show and the things that she did and, I listened to the creators of the show recently on michael rosenbaum's podcast they were on there check that out um but they talked about how she, her instincts and the things she did and there was that rumor about the dance and that was definitely all her and she improvised that stuff and she had a good take on the character where she went but i do think that there there is something that a lot of people liked about that love interest and people did like that angle but there is something also to be said that you don't want to do the same thing every season right I think that she's right in that you want to keep that lighthearted nature. You want to, uh, you want to keep it fun, but you don't, you want to go away from that kind of CW feel. And I only felt that a little bit. I, 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 only watched the season because my, my daughter had, um, I mean, people would tell me about it, but my daughter watched it and she just loved it. I mean, just loved it. And so much so that she'd watched it a whole bunch of times. And she's like, I want to watch it with you guys. So we my wife and, and my daughter and, and I, we watched it together and it's a really good show. And, um, and there was there yeah there were some cw aspects to it here and there but overall it was a really well done show and i wonder if they go too far away from it like if they go too into the horror thing like i wonder if they lose my daughter i don't think that they will i think she's too big of a general ortega fan to 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 do that but i think you know if if it's if it's there were a couple times when my daughter kind of hit her face from it and those types of things but we'll see I mean, my, my daughter popped her head in for a second and just said that uh, they they would lose her a little bit of it's too much horror. And she I mean, she liked, you know, my daughter's eleven years old, going on twelve. So She's 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 she liked the that romantic side of it too. Now the question is, who who do they want to go for, right? Do they want to go for an older audience, or do they want to keep the audience in general that they had? I I I think you don't mess with with it. To be honest, I think that they hit. I mean, there's a reason why it was the third highest ranked, and it got really good reviews overall. So I wouldn't mess with it too much, but. We'll, we'll see what happens as that show will undoubtedly get a lot of people looking to see how it plays into uh, season two. All right, the last one I want to get into here, it's going to be a shorter um, episode, but Swamp Thing. Bill Skarsgård is rumored to be in lead to play the leading role. Um, now, this is from uh, Mark Cassidy, over a comic book movie, who says, we recently reported on a rumor that it and John... Wick Chapter 4 actor Bill Skarsgård might be up for a key role in an upcoming DCU project. We may now know which character he's being lied to play. There was speculation that he could be in contention for a new take on the Joker, one of the members of the Authority, or possibly even Batman in The Brave and the Bold. But the hot mic's Jeff Snyder, there he is again, has heard that the versatile actor is actually being looked at to playing Alec Holland, a.k.a. Swamp Thing. And we didn't know that Skarsgård, we don't know if Skarsgård is actually in talks For the part, or if just someone in the studio is interested in it, but it seems a little early for this project to be casting. Mangold is still working on his Bob Dylan biopic, so we'd say the latter is more likely. We're not too sure what to expect from this latest live action take on the Big Green Fella, but we do know that the film will investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing. Gunn also confirmed that the Swamp Thing will be a much more horrific film, but we still have Swamp Thing interact with the other characters. The Earth Elemental and John Constantine are closely connected characters in the comics, and Keanu Reeves is possibly set to reprise the role. Fans are hoping for a crossover. Um, Okay. Yeah, I I think if I was going to talk to Jeff, he'd probably say the same thing. I I assume that what they mentioned inside of this report was his name's getting thrown around there. They like his name for this role. They want somebody like him, or they want him for the role. I think it's too far out. I mean, you got Mangold, who's doing... He's got Indy coming out now, then he's got this Bob Dylan biopic... And then he's got uh, the Star Wars one or he's got this. I think he told Collider that that this is coming first, the Swamp Thing. But still, that's a little bit away. I mean, Superman's coming out in 2025. This movie's probably not coming out until 2026 or so, right? And if that's the case, they're going to cast Swamp Thing before they cast Superman? I don't think so. Um, So I think it's more so of this is one of the names that's been thrown around there. I love this guy, though. I thought he was fantastic in, in it, obviously. I thought he was incredible and the last John Wick he was he was he almost stole the show he was great and he's he's a really really good actor he's got a very he's got a unique presence about him is what I really like about Skarsgård a lot comes from that I mean just that family very talented family um but what do you guys think you think that this is like a done deal or you think this is just yeah his name is out there and it's possible. I'm not saying he couldn't get it and and I I absolutely 100% I, I, I have learned Do not doubt Jeff Snyder when it comes to scoops. Um, The guy is the scoop master. So I believe that he probably heard from somebody, you know, look, they're really hoping to get him. We're far off at this point, but we're hoping to get him. So why not report that? Jeff's breaking stuff left and right, man. That's what he does. That's what he does. Him and Roka on the hot mic. Check it out. Um, All right. I think that's it for today. It's kind of like I said, it's a shorter show. And... And then, and when I when I get an opportunity to tell you guys more, I will. I'm hoping it's tomorrow. But I hope you guys click that comment, uh, the, that like button, comment. And if you haven't already done it, show a little. Hit that button, please. Get to New York. Come see us. Especially when, when I, I, I'm chomping at the bit to tell you guys what we got going on here. But any of these stories that I uh, reported on today, what do you think? Comment, let me know. Thanks for joining me here today. I appreciate you. And um, yeah, we'll see you on the flip side. It's a big thing. Peace.